Hello, welcome to IntelliCast. Thanks for joining. Um, should be a good episode today. This is season five, episode 36. This episode brought to you by EMI. You can reach us at IntelliCast at emi-rs.com. Follow us on Twitter, EMI underscore research or IntelliCast1. You can text us 513-401-5463. Really a news episode today. And let me just tell you, I was so excited. We had a scandal. We did. And I want to note first, this is one of the, I can count it on my hand, my one hand, the amount of times we've recorded in the same room. This is like number three this year. Is it? It is. So yes, we are in the same room to record this one. But yes, scandal. Yeah, we have a big scandal in marketing research. Oh my gosh. I say we jump right in. Let's just jump right in. All right. Go ahead. So on your normal, when you want to hide the news, a Friday afternoon news dump, SMR announced that it uncovered, quote, serious misconduct in its recent council elections. Because of this, they have invalidated the results of the recent election and will be conducting new elections. They have not announced a new date for this yet, though. Um, also, as part of this, their CEO is stepping down and they have fired two others. Their statement said, quote, regrettably, the investigation has identified serious misconduct on the part of members of SMR staff during the course of the most recent election cycle, as well as during the subsequent investigation. As part of this, their past interim CEO is going to return to that role. All right, Brian, I, I know you've been excited since Friday evening when you said this to me. Well, first of all, I love scandals. And what are the odds of a marketing research scandal? It's pretty rare. I mean, it stinks for SMR. Um, not sure what happened, pretty vague with the details, but it sounds like someone employed by SMR was somehow trying to manipulate the results. I think it's more than someone. I think there seems to be, at least to this, a minimum of three. Yeah. So we'll see how this plays out, but it's really interesting. Um, SMR, uh, an organization that should pride itself on the integrity of the industry, um, integrity of marketing research. Transparency. Yeah, transparency. So, I mean, we'll see what happens. This is still very new. There's not a lot of talk about it. Um, there is a good post that I saw from Simon Chadwick, pretty active. I don't know, 15, 20 people active in a conversation about it. It's certainly worth a read. Simon Chadwick, a big name in marketing research, along with a lot of other big names, uh, George Teranian, uh, Nelson Davis, um, some other people that are kind of leaders in the industry, Ray Pointer. So a lot of names in the industry having some pretty serious discussions about SMR and the future of SMR and how they handle it. So we'll see. Uh, Kristen Black, this is why she's paid the big bucks. Um, I doubt many market research organizations have crisis management or a PR team, but now would be a good time to probably get one. So we'll redo the election. I bet more details will come out. We're a small industry. I think they'll come out. Um, redo the election. I'm sure in January it'll happen again, if not February the latest. I think it leaves some questions that are open right now. And that was part of it documented in that LinkedIn post you mentioned in the comments. Like One, how involved was the current council? What was the awareness? Two, what is happening? Like, so is it current council is still running stuff? Is there, are they, is it a different group? What is going on there? Because now you're having to run elections again and you're past that normal cycle. Are new people allowed to run? Are people, are the yeah. candidates that were in the last election allowed to drop out or new ones to be added? There were a lot of questions. Well, a lot of the 
people that were running were already had elected. They were already on it. Well, let me just also let me just say we're doing an election right now in the Insights Association, which I'm in charge of. So in the Insights Association, we have regional elections. They're all going on right now. I think for most chapters, if not all of them, the, the um, president-elect um, is in charge of the next year's election. Fortunately for us, our chapter at least, we only have two elections. They're both unopposed. But we still get, went to a third party. I didn't feel comfortable um, being having having any part of programming the survey with my name on it. I don't think, even if it's unopposed, you don't want to give any any um, perception of impropriety. Absolutely right. So we went to a different company and had them program it, administer it, told them the dates, and they sent us a link to follow the results. I'm not going to follow the results and. And that's this is for an unopposed election, which a lot of inside association elections are like that, at least at the chapter level. Now, this is a bigger election. This there was, I don't remember how many people, I think it was about 20 people a lot running for those nine seats at nine seats. Yeah. So you would think it'd be pretty easy to identify what happened and when, right? Right. It also gets into, I saw some of the comments, something about Dutch law. I am by no means a Dutch law expert. But it was something about like it has to be announced why it has to do with some of the firings. So there has to be some transparency around that, which I mean, you've left a lot of questions and that's left some tarnish on the brand. There has to be. And I understand there's some of the components as you're finishing it up to you have to have the boilerplate announcement, which did come out. But there is going to have to be an explanation of what happened. Who knew what? Who who requested the investigation? Yeah. All of this. Yeah. There are honestly the press release left more questions than answers. Absolutely. If anyone, if S anyone coming from SMR would like to come onto the podcast and discuss this, we would be open to that. Um, I would agree. <laughs> we're part of SMR, um, just like most marketing research companies are. They have a huge legal affairs community too. Um, I was just looking that up. It's it's large. I don't know, 10 people on a legal affairs committee alone. There's a lot of people involved in SMR globally. Lots of project committees, which we've been on one. Um, Associates executive committee, disciplinary committee, disciplinary subcommittee. And then on the, who is this? This is the um, professional standards committee. That includes Judith Passingham, we've had on the podcast, uh, Philip Gilbert, um, Melanie Courtright. Uh, so, you know, we're all a very incestuous industry. So a lot of us are involved in, or most of us, if you're involved in one, you're probably involved in multiple industries. This is, it's going to happen. It's going to get out what happened. And so hopefully it's minor. You hope it's minor, but if it's, it seems egregious enough that you have to redo the elections, it, it, I doubt it's minor. Yeah. So we're, yeah, we're just kind of talking out loud here. It's brand new news. There's not a lot of information other than the press release that went out from Kristen on Friday. and. I see one yeah. LinkedIn discussion that's all that's really going on about it. There was an email sent to all the SMR members. So right. that's all we know. The only other piece is, was this conducted internal investigation or was there a third party brought in to conduct this investigation? Or And if not, will there be a third party as in legal and or accounting? Yeah. Depending on what caused this. Yeah. By the way, um, Simon Chadwick, also very involved with SMR. He is on the research world, which is the publication that SMR releases. He is the, I think he's the managing 
He's on the editorial board, at least. My guess is there's going to be a lot of pressure to be very transparent. So it's, it's really interesting. We know the CEO has been fired. I don't know the names of the other people that have been fired for SMR, but I would, I'm sure the it's probably not going to be hard to find out who they are, if it's right. not public information anyway, given Dutch law, like you said. But interesting, and it's kind of sad, but interesting to me, and it's a good news story to talk about. It is. It get. It's good for us because it gives us fodder for this podcast. Yeah. It's too bad our industry is so small. So we, you know, we know a lot of names that are involved in this. Yeah. Um, and they're, I mean, we, we, I mean, this is kind of other news is we released our updated SMR 37 today. We did. Um, and that's, a, that's the integrity of marketing research online sampling document um, that every sampling company completes. And they added a bunch of questions last year. Um, I think Juve Passingham. And um, Reg Baker led that initiative. And if you go back to last season, we had Judith on there when they were getting ready to release it or had just released the questions. Yeah. So a lot of bit, the people have dedicated a lot of um, volunteering to the organization. Oh, yeah, but kind of sad. We know all those people. Hopefully it wasn't a big deal and we can kind of move on. And SMR does it. It's just kind of a blip in the... And the history of SMR, and they continue being our global leader in marketing research standards, but certainly going to taint it temporarily. Yeah. Well, if you have any comments on that, I'd love to hear from you. I don't. It doesn't feel like it's wide. This is why you release it on a Friday afternoon. That's right. I thought this should be a big discussion, and we're sitting here. This is Monday midday-ish, and no discussion about it other than Simon Chadwick. So um, I bet there will be more. That's exactly why you release it on Friday afternoon, the Friday yeah. afternoon news cycle. All right. Well, quick update. Um, not not completely unexpected, but after we recorded the part you just heard, um, a few hours later, Kristen Luck provided an update. So we wanted to re-record to give, um, make sure it's a fair update to what's happened since then, right? Right, yeah. Uh, she She came out with this yesterday evening. It was after we had recorded felt like after it gives a lot more details than what she from her post in LinkedIn, kind of some yeah. of the stuff we had questioned in our initial discussion. So we felt like, Hey, we should put this at little disclaimer re-record piece in here yeah, to touch on this. So I'm not going to read the whole thing. Let's just do the highlights maybe. Yeah. So basically a pretty long LinkedIn post from Kristen, um, basically just saying, so they had already informed their members of the results of the investigation. They had sufficient evidence to conclude that, interfer- that interference did occur. The results of the council elections must be invalid. Um, they said the findings were very serious. The SMR council agreed that they must act quickly, divisively, and trans- decisively, not divisively, <laughs> decisively and transparently, and the following decisions were made. Election results were invalid. New elections will be held. They're going to have an EGM which is an extraordinary general meeting um, within the next two weeks. And then we'll have a lot more, lot more details at that meeting. So that'll be um, by the December 20th. That's pretty quick given this time of year. And she said, regrettably, the investigation also identified serious misconduct on the part of members of the SMR staff, both during elections and and the subsequent <laughs> investigation. To me, that was the kind of the, the news. It was cover-up. The, the, the yeah. crime never gets you. The cover-up does. Yeah, Exactly. Um, two members have had their appointment terminated result. So they've asked the election committee to present a full report at this meeting, which will be a video conference, and they will provide members with opportunity to ask questions they have. So 
kudos to Kristen and the SMR Council. They're being as transparent as they can. They're going to have a meeting very quickly within two weeks. They're going to take questions. And you can yeah. tell by the LinkedIn conversation that there are some going to be some tough questions. Um, no complaints were made. Neither president candidate was involved. No suggestion of tampering, altering votes or bribery or criminal activity. Um, talked about integrity in yeah. the process, which I think if they accomplish this, I mean, within two weeks, that's timely, that's transparent in the Q&A portion. Um, I think we'll cover all this. I think we'll be okay. And, and I, you can kind of see the timeline now. It's, hey, we don't want to have everything ready to go in place before we announce this. We need to get ahead of this. Let's announce it. We're going to do some subsequent stuff to follow up. It's better to get it out there now than to wait till everything's perfect and then longer and longer after the elections go by. No, I appreciate that now. I know we were questioning, like, okay, what's going on here? Are they going to answer questions? Are they going to be transparent about it? It sounds like they are. They have, it looks like in two weeks, um, for anybody fo who follows our the IntelliCast Twitter page, when we see the invite stuff for this or the link for this meeting, we will share that as well. But um, the other piece on there was that we there's the interim CEO, which was in the initial announcement but that the current council is going to stay on just in a few extra weeks until the new election is held. Yep. So I'm impressed with how they're handling it. We'll see m more details of what exactly happened. I think we'll find that out in a couple of weeks. <laughs> um, and I'm assuming, I mean, there's a lot of smart people. Kristen is obviously extremely smart. They're going to tell us what happened, what they're going to do to fix it. And we'll just move forward. I think, um, I think this will be fine, but you know, I'm an optimist. Who knows what really happened? But if it's just a couple of people, they can overcome this for sure. Yep. So, and this is much more what I think a lot of people on that um, Simon Chadwick string were asking for a little more transparency initially yeah. than the boilerplate press release. And you and I both understand why you need the boilerplate press release from the company this gives a lot this gives much more detail and so, okay i get it now so. yeah so you can read more details if you um follow kristen luck on on linkedin um which i recommend everybody should be doing that um since she's the president of smr and i mean she founded wire and you know we've had her on the podcast she's done everything um so i have a lot of confidence that this will be handled correctly so i think that's all the update we wanted to provide that's right. We'll put a link to the post from Kristen, and we're going to return you back to now your regularly, regularly scheduled program. And um, by the way, my guess is this meeting will take place you know, around the 20th, and that's during the rumored insights takeover of marketing. So uh, who knows what will happen? You spoiled something there. <laughs> yeah, for the, those listening, still listening, there might be a spoiler in there. Yeah. So anyway, but thanks for listening, and um you know, follow Chris and Luck, and it's a big deal. So hopefully, if you are part of SMR, you all send that meeting as well. Thanks, everybody. So next up, we're going to switch gears a little bit. Toluna has acquired the qualitative technology firm Further, and they plan to integrate Further's technology into the Toluna Start platform. More consolidation in the industry. Um, you see this a lot. That I feel like we have very, other recent news stories where um, either an online panel or uh, a quantitative research company is acquiring Qual. And I think you know we talked about this in our interview just last week about blurring the lines. Well, I think we talked about it post interview. We yeah. weren't recording. 
talk about trends. And I think one of the trends is that blurring the lines between qual and quant. And um, I, I think, and this will probably be in our blog next year, but I don't think people, at least when I was in school and my most of my career, you thought quant and qual, there was a very um, thick line in between the two of them. They should never meet. That is not the case anymore. It's very common for qual and quant to meet and people don't think like that anymore. They have a business question they want to answer and they don't care how you get to it. And if you can do a hybrid, the best of both methodologies, that's great. And so I think that you see firms um, like Taluna recognizing this and starting to build up that qualitative expertise. So obviously a good move. Next up, following similar, the survey technology firm Jibunu has launched a survey text editor tool as part of its DIY tool expansion. Customers can now edit survey questions and answer option text directly in the survey link or through Jibunu's unified management portal or JUMP. I, I love the acronym. Yeah, good acronym. Better than other acronyms that are out there. First of all, I don't think we've ever talked about Jibunu on the podcast. It's been a while. Um, Ken Berry, a big fan of his. I didn't know him just a week ago. Um, if you want to watch some videos, he you know does some little song parodies in market research. They're fantastic. He's been you know in this industry for a long time, and he's a good guy. And so I'm a big fan of Jibunu. So when you're adding all these DIY DIY features to survey platforms, they've got to compete with um, companies that have some pretty big pockets, deep pockets, and Qualtrics and Forsta. And um, Momentive, which is SurveyMonkey. I mean, imagine the amount of money those companies, those three companies have alone. We haven't even gone through all of them. Um, SurveyGizmo um, have huge amounts of pocketbooks to enable new features. So it's nice to see Jabuto in the news um, creating another feature that's very customized on their end. It's a really good platform from what I understand. And so uh, good news for Jabuto and Ken Berry. Yeah. Hopefully he'll write a song about it. I mean, come on. There's Jump. I mean. Right there. Yeah. This is a challenge to Ken right here on air. You've got a Jump tool and you write song parodies and you're probably around in that era knowing your age. Maybe it's already been done. But anyway, good news for Jabuna. Next up, Alita has secured a $60 million syndicated credit facility to support its capital requirements and strategic initiatives. So more more investment money coming into the market research industry. Yep, sixty million. Um, that's a good amount. Is that in Canadian dollars? It doesn't say. Okay. Sixty million. That's that's a big difference. Well, if it's Canadian, so like fifty eight. <laughs> about the same. Um, good news for Alita as we continue to see people investing in insights, and so th- this is a trend we're going to continue to see, regardless of how the now's the time of the economy that is. Um, there will be some strategic purchases being made. And now is the time to to, um, take advantage of certain situations in the Canadian economy, the European economy, the U.S. economy. They're all in pretty similar shape. And so I expect more of this, but um, that's a lot of money. I'll pose a question that you're not ready for. Okay. Um, With that in mind, you see the more money in. We saw a wave of mergers and acquisitions around the COVID time. So people taking advantage of stuff are we about to see that again coming into maybe Q1 of 2023? I think so. I think now is an opportunistic time for acquisition and investment that will continue in 2023. Um, I mean, it, it happened during COVID when we had no idea when the light was going to come out from that tunnel, right? That COVID tunnel. Yep. And people saw lots of opportunity. 
from what I can see, I'm not an economist, I'm not a financial advisor, or don't do research on that, like our previous guest, Lila. Um, but um, it seems like whether you call this a recession or a slowdown, whatever it is, I don't think it's going to be very long. Um, so I think that there is ripe opportunity to kind of take advantage of changing market conditions or rapid change, rapidly changing market conditions. And I think it's probably going to hit different sectors or different industries harder than others. Absolutely. Like, we'll, we'll do housing. That one's probably going to get hit harder yes. than maybe. Yeah, we'll see. But I think Q1 and Q2 next year, 2023, are going to be similar to the previous years when you're going to see some big names get bought and sold. I think for sure it will. All right. And our final story, which was going to be our leadoff story before we had our SMR scandal. <laughs> Um, another one of those news stories that we don't really see a lot of people talking about, um, the Insights Association has urged the U.S. Department of Labor to clarify that market research participants be treated as independent contractors in response to the proposed new fair labor standards. The new rules, according to the Insights Association, could mistakenly lead participants receiving incentives for taking part in surveys, focus groups, or other market research activities being categorized as an employee of a research company. How do you think about that? Yeah, um, I mean, good news for Howard Feinberg. He has some job yeah. security. I think he needs a team. We need more people, some more advocates for our, our industry because it has got to be a complex um, place out there. When you have um, the gig economy and when you have taxing authorities wanting to get a hold of gig economy employees, um, we do not want to be part of that at all. No. And so there's going to be a federal battle and there's going to be a statewide battle on all of this gigs employees, which some people would consider marketing research participants. And so good for him, for and us as an industry for fighting against that, hopefully clarifying that we will still be treated as independent contractors, not employees. And I think that I think it'll be okay. It's, it's just amazing how often we get lumped in something else, right? right. This, we shouldn't be lumped into this. Well, the other piece behind that too, wasn't it? I think it was in some California legislation yes. that you had to treat them as, even if it was independent contractors, you had to pay them at like hourly rate or a specific rate, which would have yes. quadrupled incentives depending on length of surveys. Yeah, and in theory, it sounds good uh, that you should be paid minimum wage to take a survey. It doesn't really fit with our model. Um, I don't even, I would disagree that it even sounds good. Yeah. Yeah. I think it depends on what you are and what's being asked of you as part of that. Like, yeah. should I get paid $15 an hour to take a five minute survey? No. That anybody could take? No. But as a marketing professional at this, if I need to take a 75 minute survey on digital marketing tools that I'm using, yeah, I, that incentive should be higher because it's a lot of time taken out of my day. Well, yeah, and we, we were certainly yeah. planning on a debate. But yeah. There's a five-minute survey, one-twelfth of an hour, minimum wage is $12 an hour, $1 for that survey. It doesn't seem completely unreasonable. Now, I'm glad that it's not part of the law because it probably puts more challenges on companies to do to execute on that, right? Right. Then what's fair I just think incentive should be higher. That's all. Well, also, not every panel provides just straight money for taking surveys. Yep. What if it's points? Now you have to have some sort of equation of points equaling dollars. And what if I don't yep. want dollars? What if I want yeah. 
lives for the game I'm playing. Or now there's a whole how much is a life in this game yep. worth and all that. I, that I totally agree with that. Yeah. It creates a lot of challenges we don't want to deal with. So I'm glad that we, California is always a problem in many areas, right? That they're they're passing all these laws, and well, they're very forward thinking and innovative with how they treat people in California. And I agree with how they're treating people that want their own their own information. And I think yep. that the CPPA or CRPA in California is a great thing. I think we should be giving more power to people in their owning their own data. And this is, you know, California is going to kind of lead in that way. And if they want to try to force a minimum wage on respondents, or if they're going to try to determine where employees or, or resource participants are employees, that's just, it's, we're going to have to fight this battle a lot. So, I mean, Howard's got to have his hands full. I hope he, what do you think? Do you think Howard has a team? I don't think well, I hope does. so. Hey, if you're not, Melanie, if you're listening to this, get this man a team. Yeah, don't hire the former SMR people, but there are people out there, lots of people looking for jobs that would probably help us out. I think as a, an association, we should, I'm not on the board. I bet there's discussions going on about expanding that role. It's got to be hard. It's got to be so hard. Right. He, he's, he'd be our researcher of the year. Howard Feinberg. Researcher of the year or just market research employee of the year? Yeah, whatever he is. If, is he a contractor? Is he an employee? Um, no, but um, something to keep an eye on. You know, this, these are things that um, a lot of most researchers probably don't think of all day long about are we independent contractors? Are we employees? How much do we get? How much do we pay participants? But this is a big deal that can affect our industry. Yeah. And that is all our news for today. That's um, pretty quick. Yeah. So with that, you and I only have, we have one more episode after this. Yeah, that's it. So then Almost we get to the best the of. So hopefully everyone tunes in for those. Yeah, the first episode of the year will be great. Um, we need new music. I'm waiting Maybe. for someone to send some suggestions. I mean, yeah. we've had the one we've had, and that was a perfect one for a while, but it's it been is time what, to switch two, it up. Two years. Two years. That's the first song we've had for more than a year, probably. Yep. So. I mean, we're open for changing genres, eras, pick Send us your suggestions. Do you think Taylor Swift has written a song called EMI? I'm not that familiar with Taylor Swift's cat- catalog. But she has. That's a question for my daughter. <laughs> Let's bring her on the podcast. So, yeah, next year will be fun. Um, I see Insights Industry. Well, I guess we'll probably do a predictions podcast first one of the year. Maybe yep. the first one of the first couple ones. Yep. We'll do a predictions podcast and kind of the future of the industry kind of discussion. And so if you'd like to be part of that. Catch up on any news that may have broken over the two weeks. Which there definitely will be. Yep. Um, but if you want to be part of any of this, let us know. Reach out to us, email us, text us. You know how to find us. And, you know, thanks for listening. It's been a fun year. Good year for the industry. Another kind of crazy year. But do you think 2023, maybe we'll start with this one. We'll be kind of back to pre-COVID normalcy. I, I think it's as normal as we're going to get. Let's put it that yeah. way. Some stuff's never going to go back, but I think this is about as close to quote unquote normal as you'll get. Yeah. So this, I guess 2022 was somewhat normal. Back half for sure. Yeah. All right. Well, that's enough of that. We'll talk more about that in January. And thanks for listening. Appreciate it. Be sure to listen to the best of episodes. Uh, there'll be a little bit of new content at the beginning as we introduce the speakers. And thank you so much.
This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.